1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself, Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed or following the Lockdown Browns Podcast five-star ratings, written reviews, all that good jazz. And we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in and day out. Joining us today, uh, part of the Browns Wire team, the managing editor of the Lions Wire uh, our team. A um, couple of great columns into the weekend and out of the weekend over at Real GM. Good friend of the show. Good friend, just in general. Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, first things first. Happy New Year. How's everything going? And I think Jeff, you probably figured you would be into off-season mode with one of the teams you cover in early January. I don't think you <laughs> thought you'd be there with both.
0: Yeah, it's uh, happy New Year. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a surprising time to not have a team to cover in the playoffs this year. I really thought that the Browns were going to achieve a lot more than what they did, but uh, uh, you know, that's that that's life as Cleveland. Um, you know, that, that's. There there were a whole confluence of things. Um I know you've covered them, um, and your guests have covered them and, and done a, a a very good job at that. And I'll I'll try to add what I can on on what I think about uh what's going on and, and where they go.
1: Yeah. Um it look, I mean, we all know and we all kind of and that's the thing for me, and that's where this year is probably gonna get, you know, probably overlooked because, you know, you talk about the defensive side of the football, which turned out to be, you know, just a great, great part of this team. That's going to get overlooked due to the overall success of this team. Offensively, you know, I know everybody wants to point one finger. Uh, you might need two hands at times to point out <laughs> some of the issues, you know, that went on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the equating injuries, obviously equating COVID and things of like that. Uh Jeff, we've gotten the end of the year pressers, uh, you know, from the Browns, Coach Stefanski. Coach Barry, um, and as much as everybody wanted to start a lovely hubble blue last week, you know, about Baker Mayfield. And the thing that for me, Jeff, was the best of it was, you know, Baker Mayfield maybe looking to seek a trade. That's one of those things where, you know, like. If you're married to your significant other and say she's significantly better, I'll agree that mine is. I know you'll agree that yours is. And like you or I saying, I think we're going to step out because I can do better. And like in that scenario, it's like, well, are uh, you really think you're going out on a high note, or you're, you're trying to get out of here? Uh, you know, where your game is looking that great to for him, it just made no <laughs> sense whatsoever after the season he had. Knowing the fact that he's about to be, you know, basically down for the count as far as what he can do football wise, from anywhere to five to six months. Besides the fact that he's got one year left on his contract, it was like, guys. Come on! I mean, if you add the pieces up here, this in no way whatsoever makes sense. Oh, so do you want to go to Houston and maybe we can get a third round pick in return?
0: Yeah, there's. It's it's a confusing. I I, I'm not sure that like I'm not I'm not going to say that I don't believe that the people who reported it heard that, but it seems and, and the way that it was phrased was that he could if like there's a lot of conditionals in there and and that's generally the sign of somebody trying to stir something up or create something um I don't want to call it clickbait because that's not fair but it's yeah. it's certainly adding drama where there doesn't necessarily need to be drama uh, and I think that Stefanski came out and what he said um diffused the situation fairly nicely um and he and I believe him um Look, he didn't have a good year as a head coach. There's no doubt about that, but that's not a reason to doubt what he's saying. So I, I'm, I, I absolutely believe that Baker will be the quarterback in 2022. I think Baker believes he will be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns in 2022. I think Kevin Stavansky believes that as well, and and Andrew Barry, and and more to the point, Jimmy Haslam, um, because I do think that if you're getting the franchise quarterback involved in all the the how, how hard they've built this team around him and around his personality. The owner does have to be involved. He has, a, he has a stake in that, 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 that that's, that's not him meddling. That's him like, Hey, this, this is his product, you know, and, and Baker's been a significant portion of of how they've marketed that product and, and, you know, a change there would, would necessarily revolt or require Haslam to be involved. Uh, not that I want him involved, but you know, that's, that's the way it is. I, I think there's a lot of drama there. Look, we're all angry at how the season ended. We're frustrated. Um, it was not good for anybody. It was not good for Baker. It was not good for Stefanski. And I think that that just breeds the the whole uncertainty and the the animosity and the you know the general like ah you know <laughs> something's got to happen. Like like we we can't just sit idle and let what happened happen. And I think that a lot of people are in that status. And as we go forward, I think I think we will all realize you know. Cooler heads will prevail a little bit. Baker will get healthy. I think we'll, we'll go back. We'll, I know you're going to do a film review of the season. I know I will. I know a lot of other people who are better at film, film review than me that will do it as well. And we're going to come to the conclusion that Baker's injury probably impacted him more than the Browns or Baker ever wanted to let on. Um, the offensive line play, uh, specifically the left tackle, did not play nearly as well as he did in 2020. Uh, the wide receiver play fell off a cliff. The tight end play, notably Austin Hooper, also fell off a cliff. Like there were so many so many like you said, different fingers to point, and a lot of them are middle fingers up in the air at, at mm-hmm. certain people. And I, I think as we process it, as we get further away from it a little bit, I think we're gonna realize that yes, Baker was a problem. He was not the
1: problem. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and there's a couple of things with that. And I think Jonathan Vilma, you know, eloquently spoke on that. And it's funny that it doesn't seem like many people spoke about, you know, just what having a torn labrum and trying to go through a football season is like, I mean, basically you just turn over your wrist. You literally feel that in your labrum, everything goes through there. Um, so, you know, for, as far as there's limitations, um, you know, how great of an impact it was. And I'm sure there were weeks maybe where he felt better. Um than weeks then weeks that he didn't. Uh you know, the Green Bay week, you know, obviously with a lot of extended time off, he probably felt better that week. And you yeah. know, I, it, hero balled it a little bit at times with the arm, which is, you know, I guess maybe a little bit understandable. Um, you know, and I think as far as, you know, maybe Baker wanting out, I think sometimes, you know, you get something simple and then you try to paint the picture from there. Um, and which was probably something to the point of Baker Mayfield is frustrated. No shit. Everybody was frustrated. He was frustrated that he was injured. Yeah. He was frustrated that he had to play almost perfect football down the wire in the 2020 season because that's how limited he was with what he had at the wide receiver position. In 2021, he was not able to play at that same level. Those guys were not going to be able to pick up the slack, and which led to you know some tough losses, some difficult losses, and certainly with an improved defense. That games that they in 2020 they wouldn't have easily won. They would have won by double digits going away. And if you're Jimmy Haslam, what do you say? I have a quarterback who won 11 games, won a playoff game on the road in Pittsburgh. I'm good. Um, because unless you can tell me it is Aaron Rodgers, which it will never be, maybe even Russell Wilson at all. I'm not even sure that would. Be I don't the answer. buy that either. This is yeah. never in a million years. But my thing there is is you know this is my product. This is my guy. This is what has got my team spoken of nationally. Yes, Miles Garrett's a part of that, but it'll always come down to the quarterback, the good, the bad, the position with that. Um, and then, yeah. you know, Andrew Berry again, reiterates it yesterday that, you know, they feel in, in no way whatsoever that Baker Mayfield would be their guy. They want him obviously healthy. They want him back focused, ready to go and you know a lot of people talk about the fact that you know oh well things need to be perfect for baker mayfield to succeed and the one thing with that jeff that drives me absolutely bonkers crazy is can you ever in the four seasons he's been here look at that wide receiver room and say oh yeah perfect
0: (laughs) absolutely Uh, i would also just encourage people to look around the league on a broader level a little bit kyler murray very talented quarterback when deandre hopkins went out look what happened to their team uh that th- hmm. they fell off matthew stafford i covered him in detroit for years i've watched him in it with extreme interest in los angeles when his line isn't playing well when 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 teams take away cooper Cup and he has got to adapt he's not playing well like th- there's there's this feeling and it's weird because normally when i co- the, the the two teams that i cover Detroit fans tend to be a lot more of the, you know, I, I call it the limp biscuit break stuff. Everybody sucks. Um, everything is fucked. You know, that <laughs> and and you know, they they tend to have that more of an attitude. But it's weird that Cleveland has adopted that this year. And it's frustrating because I know like I'm from Cleveland. I I know Cleveland. I I know Cleveland fans are better than that. And this look, the frustration on this year, I think some of it has to do from Baker's standpoint that they didn't pick up his fifth year option that he has to play out his, you know, he's got to, he's got to play for his next contract next year. And I I understand the motivation behind that from Andrew Barry, like, Hey, let's let this guy, you know, sing for a supper, man, play, play it out. See what he can do when the pressure's really on him. You know, he, he's playing for his, his next contract right now. It could be 140 million. It could be 80 million. That's a lot of reasons for him to get healthy and play really, really well. Um, to your point, the receivers, Juice, I love the guy. He did not have a great year. Um, Odell, it just didn't work. Um, we've we've covered that ad nauseum. Um, and, and now, uh, by the way, it, it was was it more fitting for me personally to watch Matthew Stafford underthrow a ball that got picked off that that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't even consider going for to try to break up at, at the decision. end of the season. Business decision. That was. Decision. Uh, that, that that's sort of the thesis of my football life from 2020, right there. Yeah, um, I they got to get a number one wide receiver. There's there's no doubt about it. That would be my number one priority in the draft, uh, presuming that that they keep most of the defense intact. And I think that's that's what's going to happen. Having an alpha dog receiver, I think, will help Baker more than anything else. Um, I, I love again. I love Juice. He's not that guy anymore. Um, I do think that he he will be back, and I think that he needs to be back because I think he serves an important purpose in what he does. But if he's your best receiver, your receivers aren't good enough. And that's to, to your point. Baker does need better receivers than like Aaron Rodgers can make things work without one. Drew Brees made things work without it. Um, you know, Dak Prescott, I think, has, has shown that you know when you give him really good receivers, he's really, really good. When you take those receivers away, I don't know, man. And and like Baker Baker's not as good as Dak? Um I, I think that's that's a fair thing. Sure. But he can be. Like if you if you gave if you gave him Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper uh and and even Cedric Wilson like and and you know CD Lamb like put Baker in that and and, and think about how he would do. Obviously you're not going to be able to get that overnight in Cleveland, but if you get, you know, close to that, I like what Baker can do. And and the Let's go the other direction. Who are you going to get that's better than him for next year? Deshaun Watson? Okay. If you tell me you can get a clean Deshaun Watson that passes the sniff test, yes, he's absolutely better than Baker Mayfield. He he is a legitimate MVP candidate. But to get him, the asking price was three first-round picks and two active players who can help the Texans right now. Brown's doing that. That that's that's totally against what Andrew Perry has talked about doing. Like that that that's too big of a splash. It's too big of a. So hit. you
1: upgrade it. So you upgrade the quarterback position, but you create seven holes between now and the future of your roster. Hey, Michelle exactly. Watson, you come play with Donovan Peoples Jones. You come play with Rush yeah. Higgins. You come play yeah. with Jarvis lentz because you can't get anybody else.
0: Exactly, and and I think that then then that that just that that doesn't resolve the problem, and, and I I don't think that Russell Wilson. Let's put this. I don't think he's coming to Cleveland. I'm not. I have no idea what's going to happen in Seattle. I don't see him being the the Cleveland fit because he does play a lot of hero ball. You know that that, that's sort of where he's at his best, and that seems to be what Stefanski bristles against Baker doing so much. So I'm not sure that's a great. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving um, Green Bay. If he does, I think he's going to go to Denver with a um, Aaron Rodgers friendly coach that they would hire there. Who else is out there? Like the draft come on like like in detroit, we're, in detroit we're worried about the quarterbacks not being better than jared goff in this draft class now jared goff to his credit finished the season pretty darn strong um and it has some playoff pelts on his wall but he ain't it folks
1: <laughs> well and the other thing is i mean you look at all these mock drafts and you know granted jacksonville is, you know, holding the number 1 selection. They obviously have, you know, everything in um, you know, invested into Trevor Lawrence and if you're intervi- interviewing uh, Bill O'Brien if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm looking for a transfer <laughs> portal within the NFL. Oh God. But also with that but I mean you can't it, and here's the thing, if you could just, you know, dot the i's and cross the t's, in a perfect world, Jacksonville would be in an enviable situation right now because they have their quarterback and they hold the number 1 selection. It would be a fire sale. They would literally be holding a public auction. To give up the number one pick for somebody else to come get a quarterback, there's not much talk about it because nobody knows who the hell the number one quarterback in the NFL in the NFL draft is right now. So that's an issue. Um, look, it's Baker. Um, maybe there's going to be some competition. There's definitely going to be some sort of competition in here. Maybe a slight upgrade from a Case Keenum. But folks, uh, get ready because six is going to be your dude in 2022. Couple thoughts here on Baker that we're going to get to here uh, with Jeff as we keep rolling on. Locked on Browns. The latest your wednesday show for the week appreciate everybody along for the ride it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include built bar in your plan built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar built bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or it tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all that sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with belt bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible, even if not a huge fan of working out. You can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, while you enjoy a delicious belt bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there are so many flavors to choose from. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors. So check out Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK 15 all caps, no space, for 15% off at built.com. Jeff, Jake Burns put out an extensive review on Baker Mayfield today. Um, you know, Obviously, Jake does a lot of video. This was more of the written. And one thing Baker Mayfield's never been truly invested in, Jeff, and the injury and the recovery is something that maybe might be a little bit difficult here for this offseason when he truly needs it. But is, it's, is it time for Baker Mayfield to say, look, whatever I have done in the past as far as you know, amping myself up, getting myself up for a new season – Maybe it's time to basically tear that all down, go a different route, and maybe it's time to bring in, you know, a professional quarterback coach.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea, Um, whether it's Tom House or um, uh,
1: uh, Quincy Avery or a guy
0: like that. You know, I do, I do like the idea of somebody fresh getting in his ear and going over with him in a critical manner, um, but respectful manner of like, hey, this is what you can do better, because there are things um, – Look, we can, we can, and, and Jake does a fantastic job with this um, in terms of like the mechanics. His mechanics have always been sort of fluidly mo- mobile. Like there are times when his mechanics are textbook and there are times when he gets away with, you know, throwing, you know, with his left foot in front of his right foot when he's moving to his right. Like it's just little, little weird
1: things. And, and, they should never, j- and they should never happen on a quarterback unless you, those things shouldn't happen unless you're six foot five. And it's just really, really wonky to get your body adjusted.
0: Right. And, and uh, to go back historically with Cleveland, Bernie Kosar, like, awed us all because he was great at that. Like that, that was one of his competitive advantages. Bernie couldn't move a lick like he was a, he was a dead duck back there behind. He would uh, like
1: a 75 year old man when he was 20 years old.
0: He, yes, he did, and so he had to learn how to do that. Baker doesn't have that. Baker can run. Baker, um, I, I wish they would roll him out less, honestly, because I, I think he uh, he seems to get zeroed in. Like when when he's moving for whatever reason, he zeroes in on one thing and he doesn't approach. It, it's the opposite of Russell Wilson, who when he's running around back there, he's got his eyes all over the field. Like I'm going to find Tyler Lockett or T, or DK Metcalf or or you know. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of their tight end uh, Disley, like the, mm-hmm. the giant dude. You know, he might only be three yards down the field, but but Russ is seeing all that, and Baker's like, like, okay, I, I'm looking at Jarvis. Where's juice? Where's juice? Where's juice? Where's juice? There's three guys on juice. Let me throw it to juice. I gotta throw it to juice. Like, I I think his his mind needs to broaden, especially when he's outside the pocket. I don't I don't think he does that very well. So yeah, having a, a different set of eyes and and somebody in his ear that's outside that he hasn't listened to before, I think is a good idea. It's a professional investment on his part. I hope he's smart enough to realize that.
1: Uh, the other decisions to be made here, and Dearness Johnson obviously had a, a, a pretty pretty nice season. Yeah, he did. He was strong. But now looking, you know, Ernest uh, Johnson going to turn 26 here shortly. Doesn't often – like you should they never really used it as a three running back rotation but now here's the opportunity and something better maybe can come along for Dearness Johnson and the Browns already have a lot of money invested into that running back room it's a shame everybody loves them, but for Dearness this is an opportunity maybe to make some money go somewhere else and maybe get an opportunity to you know to basically put your stamp on your own brand and get a little bit more of an opportunity
0: Yeah. What's, what's one of the, the great big, you know, Barry things. Don't overpay for depth. One of the, the. uh, We're already paying for depth, So we're not paying for it twice. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Look, Dearness, he's going to get paid somewhere else. That's, that's the way it goes. Uh, One of the things that we've learned from the past couple of seasons and Dearness is an example of this is that you can find effective running backs off the street in October. Like it, it, look, is he Nick Chubb? Is he Kareem Hunt? No. But is he good enough that he can you know, average, what is a what did he do, 4.3 yards per carry this year or something like that? Mm-hmm. Can, can can go for over 100 yards. Um, a very good scheme fit. Like, it, it, if you don't think that there's other Dearness Johnsons out there that are just looking for a chance to prove themselves, no. no, They'll be able to find a guy like that. Will, will it be exactly as Dearness? No. It, it might fall. He might only get 4.1 yards per carry. Bummer. But at at $775,000 a year instead of the, you know, probably I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that Dearness gets two years and eight million somewhere else. Like that, that, that's money that you can use to get a better wide receiver or to get a better defensive tackle or, you know, maybe, maybe give that money, give it a little bit more of that money somewhere else. You know, I, that, you know, you, you don't pay for your number three running back. Wish Dearness Johnson well, stay a fan of him. He's a good dude and he deserves well.
1: No, one hundred percent. And and the other thing is, is in a perfect world, you know, De'Andre Johnson wouldn't even got the opportunities he did this year. Um, it's you know, when you're getting down to the point where you got to play De'Andre Johnson, you got to give him twenty five carries a game, and you have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt. Obviously, you know, your plan got lost somewhere along the way. Uh, the wide receiver, you know, position as far as you, you got to think, you know, unless something major, you know, happens. Uh, you know, outside of the edge position, maybe Jadavian doesn't come back. You pretty much have to pencil in, pick number 13 at the wide receiver position. As much as that looked, I'd say a couple of weeks ago, like a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. You're dealing with some of the top contenders for this name. Jeff Drake, London, broken ankle, Jameson Williams. Everybody saw what happened Monday night. Obviously, just yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Um, you see that for the young man. There are some really, really talented guys, you know, as far as the top of this wide receiver class for you, Jeff, who appears to maybe maybe be the the best flavor, best flavor fit for what this Coach Stefanski offense wants to do. But here's also the catch. For what some of the things this Coach Stefanski offense wants to do, you also have to incorporate that Baker is not necessarily a perfect fit here. So you got to find somebody – that's going to be able to let Baker open it up a little bit. And this is where Baker Mayfield's frustrations come from, is the way this passing game works is Baker's got to go 20 at 22. He can't have the luxury of, you know, missing because it's not like they're taking the opportunity to get some chunk plays or say, oh, we can draw the pass interference. Oh, well, you guess what? The percentage was a little bit lower, but you get three or four 30 yard throws in a game. He needs that type of guy, and look, that can exist in the Coach Stefanski offense. Thielen, Diggs, all part of it. Who can be that type of guy for Baker Mayfield within the Coach Stefanski system?
0: So I said it on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it here: every mock draft I do for the Browns will have Traylon Burks from Arkansas as my projection for the Browns until somebody who would be better in the know than me tells me that I can that I can't have that. I love that guy. His game, look, he is, he's somewhere between like Anquan Bolden in in terms of a a big physical presence who can line up in the slot, line up outside. But he also has downfield speed that Bolden never had. Um, Playmaking ability, the ability to go up and get and and pull down a contested catch over somebody in the manner of, you know, like like a DK Metcalf, he, he's not he's not that big, he's not that physical. Although he's close, but but that that's the kind of guy you're getting a, a guy who can turn a a seven yard out, make the make the cornerback miss, and then truck the safety on his way to the end zone. That 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 is the Stefanski offense. That that's how you get chunk plays out of this offense. And w- whether Baker's throwing, whether it's Case Keenum, whether it's you know whoever, um, that's the kind of guy I want. Um, so I, I I'm very interested in that. I am not a huge fan of London, aside from the ankle injury. Um, and, and, and I will put this caveat out there. When the first thing that you notice about a wide receiver is that he's really good at contested catches in college, that means he wasn't getting open in college. That's not going yeah. to get better in the pros. Look at a guy like Denzel Mims. Look at a guy like Hakeem Butler. Um, that's, that's the first thing you notice about those guys. Uh, that, that's not a great quality. Now he he does have better film than those guys did, and I'll give him that. But I uh, th- there there's some scare factor with London that I don't think a lot of people are are considering. Um, also, the fact that, that he played, uh I don't want to say that he played with a a bad quarterback, but like Keaton Slovis didn't get it done for me, and whoever wound up replacing him at USC didn't do a lot either. Uh, I I worry that he. Uh, aside from, from you know the injury, and he, look, he's got the age on his size, but I'm, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of his. Like I, I like Burks better. I like Chris Olave as a precise route runner, as a guy who's mm-hmm. going to be exactly when and where you need him to be in an in a offense that requires that. He's going to be really, really good at that. So he would be plan B. I don't think you take him at 13, though. I think you hope that he's there in the middle of the second, and he could be based on – because, he, look, he's not going to test great. He's average size. Um, a guy like David Bell out of Purdue is another guy in that range that I think you he can, he can make a good argument for. Another guy who's not a spectacular athlete, but is just really, really smart, really good, really nuanced. Um, the, the, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in that boat. Um, but th- those are some of the guys that I'm going to be looking at for Cleveland.
1: And the thing with Traylon Burks, which makes him look kind of impressive, is is the fact that it's not, he's not one of these guys that caught 90 balls a year. Um, and this is the way this offense is always going to be. Everybody's going to get an opportunity. So you're not going to be able to pencil in for one wide receiver. And this was part of the Odell issue. You're not going to say, oh, well, you get eight to twelve targets per week. It's not going to work that way. And where Treylon Burks has the appeal is it wasn't a ton of targets his way and made the most of the targets that did come his way. Jack Conklin, right tackle. Um, I would say maybe for the most part. Uh, in 2020, it looked like something that probably worked out. Uh, now here again, um, you know, injured uh, again here um, twice in the 2021 season. Obviously, coming back from you know now a patella, which is going to you know a serious, serious recovery time. And I always go back, and I know you know him, Jeff. I know him, Steve Morton, who you know, big, big Tennessee Titans guy, and always said about okay. Jack Conklin. There's times where Jack Conklin is incredible, but the problem is Jack Conklin is built more like an athlete than he's built like an offensive lineman. So Jack Conklin gets dinged; he can play, but loses a lot, a lot of his effectiveness when he's injured because he just doesn't have that big, bulky offensive line build. There's money to be saved if they decided to go another route. Uh, you know, we're not all going to just entrench James Hudson. You know, after beating up on you know some of the Bengals <laughs> second teamers yeah. and third teamers. Um, but look, I mean, there was a thought process beside, behind drafting James Hudson. Do you think there would be a Jack Conklin playing right tackle for the Browns in 2022, or do you think that's maybe something that they're going to move on from? I, I think
0: that if they're going to look to save some money, that's a place where they can do it. Like you said, there was there was method to the madness. Be careful though, drafting. right, Jeff? If
1: I remember, Mister, if I remember, Jeff Conklin's dad's a big fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah. He, yeah.
0: He, so uh, I live in West Michigan. Jack Conklin's from West Michigan. I used to be on an after- afternoon radio show. Um, and I was somewhat critical of Jack in the draft. process. I wasn't somewhat, I was a lot critical of Jack in the process. This dad didn't like it and called in, um, and, and had some nice words for me. Yeah. That was good times. Yeah. Um, to Jack's credit, Jack has played a lot better than I ever expected him to coming out of Michigan State. Um, but he's, he's a guy that you can move on from and, and like, like, Look, the plan was to draft James Hudson. He's a developmental guy. We all knew that coming in. This guy was playing defensive end at Michigan three years ago. Like He's green. We have to expect that. It was nice to see him thrive, quite frankly, in week 18. But go back one week, he was the worst player on the field in week 17 uh, from either team. And like I, I can't trust that. The other issue, Chris Hubbard is also a free agent. He's also been hurt a lot. I would love to have, like, like. Do we trust Blake Hans to, to to compete with, you know, to compete with Blake Hans competing with James Hudson for the right tackle on a on a line where the left tackle isn't great, um, and your quarterback is a guy who takes too many hits and doesn't respond to pressure all that well. That's scary to me. I'm not real. Keen on using a high draft pick on an offensive lineman in this draft, although there's some good ones. Um, and, and there's a guy from Central Michigan, Bernard Ryman, who's going to be really good and is a phenomenal fit for what the Browns need. But I, I, I'd rather address that position somewhere else. I, I'd, I would love to see them get Hudson, but also bring in a veteran who's more reliable than Chris Hubbard to be com- competition or hand holder for that. Um, and, and those guys will be out there. You're going to have to pay a little bit more than you probably want to for it, but it's also cheaper than what you're getting from Jack Conklin. But quite frankly, you can't rely on that guy to stay on the field anymore. Look, he's been great in Cle- great when he's been healthy, but you can't rely on that. And, and remember, Tennessee gave up on him in part because he couldn't stay on the field there either. So, yeah, I, that's one of those where I do think they're going to move on, and and it's probably the right decision even if it stings a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's going to hurt at times, but uh, you know, for the money invested into it, and now you got to keep in mind you're paying Joel Batonio more money. You're now paying Wyatt Teller more money. Um, you know, the brakes are beating the boys there, and it kind of looks like Jack Conklin is kind of maybe the odd man out. Get to a couple last questions here about the defense with Jeff Rizin. We continue to roll on through here on the latest Locked On Browns. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen every day. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download it for free. The GetUpside app and use the promo code Touchdown! BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On, all caps, no space to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Jeff, Jadavian Clowney, and it's not a knock, but Jadavian Clowney's best football has come when he has played with a solid running mate. JJ Watt. Of course, Miles Garrett is time in Seattle, a little skewed. Um, Tennessee injuries, you know, cause for you know a big, big issue down there where he got a lot of money and never really played it down. But you saw the way this could work this year, you know, four sacks to close it out. You have somebody on the other side from Miles Garrett who's capable of doing a lot of the things that Miles Garrett can do. Um, I, Clowney said it, and I, I love when people are straight and honest. You know, his preference is not to be in a cold weather city. Um, it's probably gonna come down to dollar signs and that's okay. But I don't even think this is like a, a hopeful, this is a necessity to get Jadavian Clowney back in Cleveland. Yeah, they're, they're so much
0: better with him than without him. Um, and I don't blame him for trying to cash in. That's who Jadevian is. Um, I got to know him when I covered and the he's Texans. never hit it.
1: And he's never hit it.
0: He never has, and and this was this was the best year of football outside of the year where Brock Osweiler led the Texans to a playoff game um and win uh that, played really well that year that was a year that JJ watt was out by the way uh there's he, he's he, what he does is something that other guys can't do he is an inside he attacks the inside shoulder of the tackle so well and what that does it means that the guard isn't as as locked in on on the on the defensive tackles it means that you're getting if you want to bring a slot blitz off you saw MJ Stewart do that in the Cincinnati game, that's there because of what Clowney does. Like, like he creates things, even though he does, might not necessarily get the stats for it or credit for it. His presence creates a lot of things. It creates a lot of opportunities for miles. And I like that. I want to keep that going. So, yeah. And, and the other side of that, who are you going to get that's better than him for less money than you're going to pay him? I don't see that guy out there, Jeff. I just don't.
1: No, I agree with you there. I'm going to give you a couple of names here on the defense. give me some thoughts here. Um, Anthony Walker should he be back, or are we ready to move on with the kids and if it came down to m j Stewart or it came down to Ronnie Harrison, both of them uh, prospective free agents, which one's more than necessity ooh that's that's a good question i am
0: I would take Walker. I like him back um in part because I don't think Malcolm Smith's coming back and I think you need to have that veteran presence back there. I would like that. Um, MJ played really well at the end of the year and I like the fact that he can play every position. Like that's, and, and it, For
1: me, that's, that's the thing because where we see Ronnie Harrison excel is basically an in-the-box safety and ideally yeah. Jacob Phillips and JOK can do those type of things. MJ Stewart can play nickel, can play right. free safety, he can blitz, he can play around the line of scrimmage and you know there's times where He's been on the wrong end of a bad play and he's looked really bad, but he had a really really solid year for this team.
0: Yeah, and and you know, if everybody's healthy, let's assume that your top corners are healthy, he can play as like your number 4 outside corner, your backup slot corner, he can be your number 4 safety, and he he can do all those. He's comfortable doing all those at a reasonable rate. So I I I would Look, he, he does have some really bad tape, there's no doubt about it. But again, if you're playing your number, let's say he's your number seven or number eight defensive back extensively, that guy's going to have some bad tape. He's there for a reason. I, I, I would roll with him over Harrison. I really would.
1: Yeah, for me, there's no question of it. Um, and now, Jeff, look, in order to fix the running game, you've got to do something here with this defensive tackle position again, defensive, you know, all the people talking about the kid from Georgia here is the problem. If he does what he's supposed to do on first and 10, he's not playing again till first and 10. Again, he brings nothing else in any other facet of the game. And just like we talked about this last year and maybe Christian Baram the way he played this year deserved to go in the first round. Um, But you can't just be a run stuffing defensive tackle. Expect to go round one. But the Browns, that being said, do need some help and do need a run-stuffing defensive tackle.
0: They do, but again, that like, like Jared Davis, or uh, uh, the guy from, from Georgia, I'm blanking on his name, uh, really impressive guy, uh, Jordan Davis. Uh, but the, you can find guys in – you can find your Dalvin Tomlinson's, guys like that um, in the third, fourth, fifth rounds who are going to be effective at doing that. Puna Ford is a guy like that from, from Seattle. You know, the, those middle round guys, you can get those guys. Um, the Lions got a really good one last year and Alee in Aleem the, McNeil in the fourth round. Like those or third round. Those guys are out there for that. And I, I think that's that's the area where you address that. If they can get a little bit of a pass rush, you know, maybe get you one one or two pressures a week, maybe wind up with 2.5 sacks on the season. That's that's great. That That's what you need from that spot. You need somebody who can stack one or two tackles. Keep them from getting out to the linebacker, so JOK can run around and make tackles all over the place, and Phillips can can look better. Um, that that that's what you need from that position. Togi was not that. That I don't think Jordan Elliott's that. That they need they need a true like big ass nose tackle, and those guys are out there. You don't spend a first round pick on it. That that's that's your middle round picks. There are veterans who can fill that role as well. So I'm I'm not super concerned. Like they have to get one. I'm not super concerned that they're going to have trouble finding one.
1: Something's going to have to be addressed. I mean, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, Malik McDowell. The best thing for him would be to. I was so, towards- ha-
0: dude. I was so happy for Malik McDowell this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So happy for him. Absolutely, but the thing is, for Malik McDowell, if if he's going to have a, a a decent career, he's going to build a Malik Jackson type. He's not going to be the guy that's going to get in there and just be an absolute rock, take on seven hundred pounds of blockers. Yeah, that's
0: that's not what he does. Nope. Yeah.
1: not his game, and he's the build will never lend itself for that so folks there were some good things this year obviously there's a lot of work to be done certainly when you're eight and nine uh you don't make the playoffs there's work to be done but the thing is and this is one and i'm sure jeff you agree with me is and this is where stability comes into it if anything i've lost this year about my thoughts about the cleveland browns i don't think it's about andrew barry and his staff and the ability to go out and address what they need find it and get it done I'm excited to
0: see what they're going to do this off season because they have some options. They do have some cap room. They have the ability to create more. It's a good free agent class at, at a lot of the positions where they need help. So I, I'm, while, while this year was obviously disappointing, um, it was frustrating as hell. I do think that they have a chance to bounce right back up. Um, and the, to, to go a little bit broader, the Baltimore Ravens were the worst team in the AFC over the last two months of the season they They got exposed now a lot of that was injury related from Lamar Jackson to their secondary where they're they're playing their number six and seven defensive backs as starters like I, I get that. Pittsburgh does their offense scare you even now with with Ben going away like the the chance is there for the the browns to bounce right back and be challenges for the Bengals who I don't think are going away that the, that's a good football team in Cincinnati. They're not going away, but the, the Browns have the chance to make this happen, and I'm excited that they can go make it happen in this offseason. I really am, and, and I, I'm I, confident that they will get it done too.
1: Yes, and plus I think the way the Browns are currently constructed and the way they view themselves, they are a good matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals Agreed. as we've seen to this point through Joe Burrow's career. Jeff Risden from Browns Wire, Lions Wire, Real GM. Make sure you're following at Jeff Risden. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked On Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB.